was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome to Get Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And we have a special episode. Listen, we introduced him in Creator of the Week, but let me let me set it up, okay? Father, husband, content creator, CEO of a seven-figure company, partnerships out of the this world, okay? Uh, million subscribers on YouTube, probably over a million on TikTok, Instagram going crazy. Uh, Moose, who are we speaking about? Man, y'all remember a couple weeks back, we're talking about the one and only uh, Glenn Henry, y'all. Tune in. Listen, let's just get into this intro. You don't, you don't need much from us. Let's get into it. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And of course, this is powered by Ecamm Live, the number one all-in-one streaming platform that allows you not only to see everything of Nikki and Moose from a video standpoint and an audio standpoint, but now they have a whole new 4.0, which allows video isolation. We already had the audio isolation. You could do markers, streams to all different platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you name it, they have it. And we're giving a 14-day trial on us at www.nickyandmoose.com slash ecam. That's E-C-A-M-M. There it is. I mean, I'm trying. I'm there trying it is. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but let's get into this interview. Uh, I'm so excited about this one because I, I've, I've heard he got bars. I heard he got bars. <laughs> Uh, in, in both, in both kind of a musical standpoint and just life in general. This is mm. life in general. Um, what's up, Glenn? What's going on? What's up? How are you? I am doing well. I always have to think about it for a second because, um, you know, sometimes we 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 use all the out external things happening to us to define us. You know what I'm saying? And I had to think about it for a second, but I'm doing pretty good. I'm with that. That that that's on Moose's uh, vibe. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. the processing. Come my, on, my, Moose. my kind of energy. Just gotta make sure. Yeah, we're 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 answering from a, from an authentic place, man. I love that. So let's get into it, man. I'm excited for this. Um, for for those who might not know, right? Uh, give us a little background story on uh, who is Glenn Henry, and then oh. how did the uh, I guess a little bit down the line, we'll get to it though. But how did the idea of belief in fatherhood come to be? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to run through it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You let me know if you need to slow down. I slow down. <laughs> oh no, we New Yorkers. You don't have to. Okay, cool. So boom. Right. So, so boom. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm doing music. Uh, I'm in this group called the dream junkies. We travel around the world. I'm doing my thing. I come home with like five grand. I'm like, tell my wife, babe, I made $5,000. You know, I've been gone for three weeks. How does this make you feel? You know what I'm saying? And at the time, she's a math teacher working full time, full time and I'm a stay at home dad. And she's like, um, 
it's not enough. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, what about, what if I made 10,000? She's like, it's not enough. I was like, what if I made a hundred thousand dollars a month? You know what I mean? And she was like, basically asking me how much money would it take to turn me into a single mother? Cause that's what I feel like when you're gone. And mm-hmm. I was like, so then I was like, okay, um, you know, I had this like epiphany when she asked me another question. My wife is, is amazing. She asked really good questions that structure, like the only thing you can do after getting this question is figure out a structure of accountability and how you're going to move forward. So then she asked me one night when we were laying in bed, she was like, what's your five-year plan? You know what I'm saying? And I'm a rapper, you know what I'm saying? Loving Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Just a little, you know, a little rapper. And she's like, what's your five-year plan? I was like, I don't know whatever God has for us. She's like, uh, I trust you with my family and my future and you ain't got five years planned out. And rolled mm-hmm. over and went, now I'm stuck. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't sleep. I'm like, what's my five-year plan? I don't know. So I sat um, with a friend of mine and he's like, yo, what's your five-year plan? I was like, I don't know. He was like, what's your 10-year plan? I was like, I don't know. He's like, what's your 15-year plan? And I was like, well, I know I don't want to be rapping no more in 15 years. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be 45. I was 30 at the time. He was like, okay, well, uh, uh, what do you want to be doing? I said, I want to be telling people how great it is to be a father because I never knew. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, okay, well, who are these people you want to be talking to? I was like, well, in 15 years, there will be parents. So right now they're probably like in middle school. He was like, where are they? I was like, in middle school. He was like, no, where's their attention? I was like, it's on the internet, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And he's like, okay, well, how often do you have to post on those platforms to make a following over 15 years? He just looked it up, you know, once a day on Instagram, two times a day on Twitter, once a week on YouTube at the top. You know, he was like, well, if you just work backwards and do this for 15 years, you'll probably reap what you want to reap. How much money you want to make? I was like $300,000 a year, right? In 15 years. And he was like, okay, well, how do you want to be doing that? I was like speaking and writing books. Hmm. Um, two years later, this was 2015, 2017, I released my first children's book and I did my first TED Talk. Um, wow. That's crazy. I've been dedicated to the plan um, for seven years now. Um, it only took two years to manifest it. I thought it would take 15, so I'm early. Um, now I have to improve my dreams, but it, it was a little bump in the road because I didn't know who I was as a brand, and I had to figure out my brand identity, my brand DNA, my mission statement, my brand story, who my audience is, how to connect with them, what, why they follow me, what they want from me, and I figured out that I, I am really created to equip fathers to love and lead their families into eternity, right? Um, This is not just a, hey, be there. No, it's like, if you don't understand the power of coming home from work and investing that time when you get home, you're not really working. Mm -hmm. Understand? Okay, so you kind of went over it a little bit, but what is the true meaning of belief in fatherhood and why... The spelling, like is the spelling because of branding? Is the spelling because you have a deeper meaning? Like I, I we want to know. Mm-hmm. So the word belief has the word lie, like right in the middle of it, right? Um, and so when I was a kid, I had like super low self-esteem, you know, like I was abused as a child, you know what I'm saying? And I had like this, this thing where I just was like, I just felt real low. And so when I started rhyming, um, I decided that 
I would be called belief, you know what I'm saying? So that every time somebody will call my name, I would be reminded to believe in myself. Um, and so I spell it like that because it's a little bit more like earthy and authentic and a little bit more true to who I am. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so belief is the name, right? That makes sense. That makes sense. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Remove the lie and keep it, keep it earthy and authentic. That's good, man. That's good. I'm, I'm curious, Glenn, what, what was the relationship with, with your dad? Like, you know, if, if you're comfortable talking about that and, um, you know, how, how in some ways has this inspired the movement? You know, my dad, um, like I really, my dad moved to California when I was like two and we had like visitation. He had joint custody. So, uh, I, I wanted more of a relationship with him because I grew up in Baltimore and living out there, basically your older cousins and your friends are teaching you everything, you know, you're only learning from the people in the neighborhood. So it, it, I, I felt like I was always missing something by not having my dad in the home hundred percent of the time. Um, my dad and I are close, we're closer now, um, but it's taken a lot of work because being a father now and having four kids, I'm like 100% understanding the true value of fatherhood. And you can't miss a day. <laughs> you can't skip a beat, you know what I'm saying? So to go throughout the year without having my dad in my life and then experiencing him in the summer, you know, it, I know it was tough on him, but it's even more of a calling to choose your spouse well, right? Like choose the person you, you're going to have a baby with real, you know, take time with that decision because it's a decision that's going to affect the child, you, the rest of your life. So my dad and I, um, he knows that like every generation gets better. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I do believe that he understands like my purpose, but it is difficult for him watch some of the stuff that we do. You know what I'm saying? Because I am very hard on the position of fatherhood in general. So wifey, right? In the beginning, you already alluded that she didn't, she didn't want to be a single mom and that's how it kind of felt with you on the road. But when it comes to this content life and the documentation and just how much you have her in there, how much the kids, like how did you get her into the vision? I, like I would assume that you know, maybe that was a conversation before one, one may not be good with it. The other one was like, talk to us about that. Yeah. So in the beginning, I was home by myself with, with two babies. Right. And being a stay at home dad, you ain't got no friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't nobody go to the park with you. Like his mommy's there. And when they look at you, they like, what are you doing here? Why don't you have a job? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and, like go to the park. All the kids is running up to me, like, throw me in the air and look at my bubbles. And you know what I'm saying? Like, chase me. And I'm like, man, I don't, I'm not y'all daddy. I'm there. You know what I'm saying? Right, so it, right. was, it was very difficult in the beginning. And so what I did was I started making little clips on Instagram and people were like, yo, this reminds me of my childhood or this is so valuable. Thank you so much for sharing. You should start a YouTube channel. Da, da, da. So once I started it, I didn't ask my wife's permission, but I knew that because I wanted to be a father and I knew that. I didn't want to be a dad until I, I had proof of it. I knew that people needed proof. You know what I'm saying? 
So mm-hmm. that, that's like the beginning of the whole proof conversation that I talk about. But my wife didn't need that proof because she grew up around like successful black families, right? Um, right. So she didn't see the value of it. So once I started posting the videos, she looked at the video like, man, you couldn't clean up the house before you started filming. You know what I'm saying? Or like, don't you see my bras hanging up right there in the background? Once you put my bra away, you know what I'm saying? I'm kind of like, nah, babe, it's authentic. People are going to dig it. You know what I'm saying? And so she she watched it and she wasn't really feeling it. But then she started reading the comments. And then the comments was like, you know, um, I'm 12 years old. Um, I didn't have a father and I can't wait to be a dad. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Wow. What was like, um, I haven't talked to my dad in eight years. And this video really inspired me to give him a conversation, to have a conversation. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? So now what we are doing is she saw evidence of the reconciliation that happens once you have these these videos and these true moments. So she then convinced herself that it was valuable. I knew I had something. I had a vision and I had a dream, but it wasn't my responsibility to manifest it for her. Right. Like she she had to see what I was doing. She had to see the the um, the impact it had. And then she could get on board. But most most times what we do is we want people to believe in our dreams before we manifest in anything. You know what I'm saying? And then we get mm-hmm. mad. People don't support our dreams. They're like, oh, I got an idea and you don't want to give me money. You don't want to support me. Nah, you got to make something first. Right. So once she saw the effect of what we were doing, then she believed in the cause. Hmm. That's powerful. That's powerful. What I, what I love about what you what you shared so far, Glenn, is that. You don't. Ha- you didn't have a perfect set of ingredients, right? Like you didn't have a perfect set of cards. You just continue to make better with with what's handed to you, or what you know, better out of the situation. Um, let's talk about now because you started talking on the the journey of documenting the process. It wasn't always uh, just positive comments, though. I think at some point there was a little bit of backlash that started coming your way. We got a we got a clip here queued up. I just want to play a version, a little bit of it. And, um, and and talk to us about why you shared this and just what was going on at this moment. You know, a question makes me sick and tired. Well, actually, not tired, but just sick. I get this question all the time and, and it just makes me sick to my stomach because people assume that I'm exploiting my children for money. They think because I share my life, I'm exploiting my children. And they say, why do you feel like it's OK for you to share? so much of your life with strangers that don't know anything about you. Why is that okay? And I think to summarize that answer is that I share because you don't. We could we just stop there. We could just stop there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we could just yeah. stop there. Yeah. Talk about it. Uh, you know, it's this movement of like, you know, uh, people that are, you know, claiming that influencers or people that share their lives are taking advantage of the people around them. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I believe that there, that does happen. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is, it's like, not everybody can do this. Once you start doing this, you know what I'm saying? Like you realize how difficult it is. Um, you realize how, like, I'm blessed to be a part of a great family, right? Mm-hmm. Like, my 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 kids are hilarious. Uh, my wife is very sweet. You know what I'm saying? We have very authentic relationships and conversations, and none of it is coerced, and I'm not bribing anybody to get on camera or finessing. 
right? That that's a blessing. I, I didn't realize that. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so everybody can't do that. And what happens is people try to do it and they don't really realize what it takes. And then other people do this like fake. Uh, it's like a, they want to make themselves look like they're like a um, like a superhero by making sure that parents aren't doing X, Y, Z. And it's kind of like people are so selfish with their own testimony and their own story. They're scared to share it because they don't want to be judged not realizing that their own story can give someone the freedom that they never even thought they could have. You know what I'm saying? So the power in being transparent allows other people to experience freedom. And I don't think people think like that, right? Even in any book you read, it's all testimony. It's all like I did this and then I accomplished this and this is why, right? If you don't have those people sharing those stories, then, um, you, you, you don't, we don't move, we don't progress as a, as a, as a, as a community. Uh, I think that we need to start and we already doing this now, but documentation of good life, right. Will be better proof than books because everybody don't like to read. You know what I'm saying? But if you could do it synthetically, I think you can, you know what I'm saying? I think you can move more hearts. You know what I mean? That's good. That's, that's really good. Now, uh, I want to move a little bit into the branding side, because of course we're talking about the the documentation, but uh, you got you got a strong YouTube uh, going on, right? And so when we when we look back at as far as the documentation and starting a YouTube channel, was the goal to grow and monetize, or was the goal just to document and kind of be the proof? The goal, I'm uh, okay. So, growth is a symptom of of productivity. Okay, yeah. that's just what happens, right? I was already gonna hit a million just because I was consistent, right? Right. Um, the the plan is always always to progress, but what I'm trying to do is build trust with an audience, right? That's more powerful than numbers, right? In subscribers. Is that now when I tell you that this product is good, you're going to believe me because I, I, I already took you through the mud with me. You know what I'm saying? If I tell you that, you know, spanking isn't the most effective way to discipline, you're probably going to believe me because you watch me go from a spanking parent to not. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to do here is build a trust with an audience to really say that I am the thought leader in this fatherhood space and I'm. I'm super involved with my family, but I'm invested in their own growth. And I study them like they are, uh, you know, college uh, courses. You know what I'm saying? Like I have degrees in my children. I have degree in my, I have degrees in my wife. My wife still changes every year. Every time she goes through a different season, has a different child, you know, um, loses a relationship or whatever situation is. Someone passes away. She changes. I change. You know, right. and so you need to develop these degrees in these people. And I'm really just trying to show an authentic life of a father because fathers don't talk. Dads don't tell you exactly what they're thinking. They keep quiet because they don't feel like people can handle what's on their mind. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And so, I mean, like, I don't know about y'all, but like my parents was never like, yeah, man, I'm having a really rough time. I'm dealing with some depression and I don't know how I'm going to get through it, but I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to counseling. Yeah, never. 
Never. Never. You know what I'm saying? It was always, shut up, sit down, we're going to be fine. Leave me alone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to get through this. Don't interrupt me and don't, like, make it harder for me right now. You know what I'm saying? I needed to know that you were going through something. I needed mm-hmm. that. Because now, as a grown man, when I'm going through something, I, I know I can ask my children to pray for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I know that when I'm going through something, I can't just get frustrated. I have to go, even if I do wild out, I'm sorry, I need to apologize to you because I responded based on my circumstance, not because of what you did. I apologize. Right? We're raising children who will understand the power of an apology. That's good. That's good. That's break, amazing. Break, yeah, that, break break that down, Glenn, because that that's powerful. And I think people listening, you know, and I, I like to think that most of our audiences or audience is uh, attempting and, and working on building and growing their brand, too. But I don't know that they see the process the way you just explained it, where you said growth is is a mirror for productivity. And maybe I'm paraphrasing, but I love that, right? It's the, like, what goes into that process other than continuing to study the craft? Because that's what, that's what I heard, you know, is, is, does that translate into specific content formats or series? Like, take us kind of through that, that workflow, if you will. Um, there, there's so much there, okay? Because we, we went from a, we're talking brand identity, what you're known for, what people see when they look at you, right? You guys both have a specific brand identity. Before, if, if I see you from the side, from wherever, I know it's you, right? Because mm-hmm. I know your brand identity. But when you talk about brand DNA, your why, that influences how you connect with your audience in the depth versus width capacity, right? So yeah. as I create, the way I create, it goes from a, what's my intention, right? My intention is to be the greatest father I could ever be, right? My, my obstacle is that my son peed on my shave it, my, 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 my freaking, um, my razor. <laughs> or, yeah, or he yeah. <laughs> That's an obstacle. You yeah. know what I'm saying? The solution is however I respond or if I need to go back and apologize for how I respond. You know what I mean? And so most people just want to be told the story. There's, so when I make the content, there's an overall story loop within the, the struggle of a father. And people are watching that for the long haul. Is this dude gonna leave his family? Is this dude gonna, you know, uh, cheat on his wife? Is this dude gonna abuse his church? Like they're really watching to see, man, is this dude the real deal? You know what I'm saying? Or they're hopeful and hoping I win Um, And they want to know the outcome of the children. If this guy is a great father, seemingly, will his children turn out great, right? People watch my content, one, because they're reminiscing, two, because they they just love the way it feels, but three, because they're not parents yet and they want to watch it against their fears to become parents. This is all a lot of research that I've done doing SMIQs and posting and interviewing audience members and all this type of stuff. I've really dunked deep in the brand stuff. So when it comes to my strategy on how I post, it doesn't look like everybody else because my why is so deep, right? I never wanted to be a father until I had proof. So now I'm proving not only like that people can be parents, but that you shouldn't even try because it's hard out here. <laughs> so, some of you, you know what I'm saying? so 
when it comes to the constant strategy, it looks like this. Uh, we shoot maybe a couple of days a week. Uh, we shoot for two to, two to three hours. My videographer will come through. We'll say, hey, children, we're going to be shooting in this room. If you don't want to be on camera, don't come in here. We're talking about consent now. Okay. Mm-hmm. A whole nother conversation, but that's how it goes. Some of the kids will come in. We'll, we'll you know, do family life or whatever. We'll do an activity. We'll hang out. Conversations are being had. And then after that, we save that for Patreon cut or YouTube members, right? Then we'll figure out what gold we have in the content. Where is the story at? And then we'll save a lot of the stuff because it really doesn't connect. We can force a story, but it's going to mess up our intent or our retention on our YouTube videos, mm-hmm. right? So we'll stick to short form content. And then when we have enough pieces from this video, three videos ago, last year, we'll craft a story out of that. Hmm. Okay. So, wow. let me so there's get, like a so, documentation process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that's got to be like a documentation process to be able to pull from the, the, the vault, if you will, to bring that together. What, what's, what's most interesting is how we store all of our files. That, you know, I was going to ask. I was going it, it's eventually going to be asked because that has to, the, the content creator comes into my mind, that labeling system. Mm. The keywords to look up certain things has to be great. Go a little bit into that for, for just for me, and then I got a follow up, Moose. I'm sorry, that <laughs> no, really good. wasn't part of the plan. But the fact that he just said we're pulling from here, here a year ago to then, nah, that's you, you got to break that down a little bit more. Yeah. So the you know now we're talking about SOPs, which is really how uh, companies are evaluated, right? Yes. Like if you have SOPs in place then your company is way more valuable than this, that a, a company that has no standard operating procedure, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we make a piece of content, we go, I right, boom, you know, this month, this year, right? This video order we shot. And then we label the shots within each person on there and tag them. Then we create aliases for storylines. Oh, wow. Okay. So, no, yeah. that. Yeah, we have files on files on files. And then every brand deal shoot is also just a native shoot day. I believe that. Okay. All right. So not not to go too geeked out on 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 the audience, but I'm I'm gonna stay a little geeked out. So with all that, with all that shooting, um, is there when you look at that, are there different, I would say, and, and Moose kind of alluded to it, different uh content series like do you have i know there's different playlists of best of each kid but is there different shows that is also being created or is it just the documentation let's just make sure we say the story or like mondays and tuesdays this particular show content series comes out and on wednesdays this comes out like talk to us about that well yeah so we we haven't been able to set that up yet or I don't know if we're ever going to do that because, you know, children are moody. Yes. You know, sometimes they like, man, I don't want to do this. Or like, they'd be like, look, man, I'll do it, but you got to pay me. <laughs> Negotiations. No, not, 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 not what we pay them in their bank account, but I like, no, nah, we need, I need money today. I'm trying to buy me a new Beyblade. I want some Pokemon cards. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. They like that. So at some point it's kind of like, my children, my older two are aging out of the uh, 
just being on camera. You know what I'm saying? Because they're, they're like, man, we got friends at school that'll be like, hey, instead of asking me what I did this weekend, they'll be like, man, I saw you went to the zoo. Mm. I, saw, I saw you were scared of the, um, the giraffe. You know what I'm saying? That was funny. And they're like, man, like, I don't even like this person. You know what I'm saying? So when he, when he comes back, it's kind of like now we have to shift our entire company and we can't rely heavily on the children's content. So we have to sh shift gear. So I'm in the middle of, and this is like, nobody knows this. So this is a gem. Mm -hmm. We're going to take, take a lot of our content off of YouTube. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to because my son, my oldest is 10. And like, I got like potty, potty training stuff for him on the internet. And he don't want that to be seen. Right. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So like, although it's, that's going to, that's going to change the, the the financial situation, right? Because those old that that catalog is valuable. I'll probably put it behind a paywall, and then really be able to see who adds anyone, like, like who who joins the community, so that we can say, hey, you can't join the community because you're in our actual community, right? Um, right? But we have to kind of protect them because they're at the point now where they're kind of like, hey, I don't want this. And the last thing I want to do as a father, right? Who's the father figure guy? I don't want to put my myself in a position to where my children look back and they're like, man, you corny. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Why, I, or I said I didn't like that and you did it anyway. Mm. Wow. wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, that's a lot of different almost things that, are, that have to be considered outside of just the creative business side of it. With that in mind, what are some maybe some things that you're thinking about doing now? Uh, to expand, say, the YouTube and even TikTok. I know TikTok is definitely something that you've been pushing heavy on right now. So what are some things that you're looking or thinking about to continue to expand those two platforms or or, you're, or things that even that you're seeing are really working on those two platforms now? Yeah, well, we have, um, well, one, I, I just have to get like a sign off on what I, what I can post for my children. That's just what it is. Um, and then um, they, they end up taking out all the funny parts, though. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, because they're <laughs> But uh, we're, we're essentially turning all of the content, the, the, the bigger videos, the one I've done really well into children, children's books. I, I don't have to show another video on how effective of a father I am. You know what I'm saying? There's like 600 videos out, you know what I mean, that we could just kind of repurpose, right? Um, I will put those videos back up with my, my son's permission. Um, and just kind of doing in a way where I'm kind of doing like a video like this, where I'm talking about what happened and why I did what I did. Uh, but I don't have to do anything else to prove that point. Therefore, I will go strictly into thought leader mode. You know what I'm saying? Which is me, like the video I just posted, the video you showed in this video, you know what I'm saying? Was one of those feelings, you know what I'm saying? And so I've, I've already proved my point that, you know, hey, like presence is valuable. You know, um, your presence is a gift on the other side of fear is freedom. You know what I'm saying? Like when you love your family, love them on purpose, Rep apologize to your children. Like I've already had those things. So now it's book mode, it's speaker mode. It is um, community mode, right? I live in San Diego. So we're bringing the whole community together, uh, the creative community. And anybody who comes in this region needs to come and spend time with us because like these gyms I'm dropping, um, these, I, I want to be able to talk to other people and influence them to hopefully step into the family sector a little bit more. So that's good. And when I go to San Diego, I got to 
I got to chop it up with you because I'm going uh, for social media marketing world. So this works. So um, you, this brings up a whole nother question that I wasn't even going to ask. Um, but the fact that they're getting older and some of them are like already like, uh-uh, nah, that consent, pay me in Pokemon and all. Visionary wise, when they all get older and they all start doing this or some will just say, dad, I'm, I'm not, I'm not with it or I want to have my own stuff. What is, what is the plan in your head of, for the brand to continue? Cause now like what we know of you with the kids, of course, they're going to grow. We're all going to assume, oh, they're just going to document their whole life all the time. And we see them go to college and everything. And I told when you said Nas, they don't want some of the things in. I was like, oh, man, wait, what, what's going to happen now? Yeah. Like, is, you, is it going to turn into belief in, belief in grandfatherhood? Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't. I I would love to continue to document because I just love story. I'm like infatuated with like a really good story, right? Um, but that's not my. I can't do that. Like that's not a good stewardship of a relationship, you know. Yeah. So um, essentially, what I will be doing, and I'm super excited about this, is uh, you know, right now we are in the works. Uh, we just got greenlit for our short film, and I'm going to be telling other stories. Um, I'm going to be documenting other fathers. I would love to share a, just one episode of, you know, AJ Cole, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or A Kobe in fatherhood, right? Like yeah. in fatherhood, what is it really like? You know what I'm saying? Um, I would love to share that perspective because there's something about seeing, we always know these people for what they're great at, but we don't know what it's like, how they care for their families, right? And what mm -hmm. that relationship is like. And it just, it, it adds another layer to the the context of the human being that we respect, you know what I'm saying? Or we may not respect, we may not really like this person. We see him as a father. We like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like he really putting in work because I know what it's like to be tired and I have two, two sick children and have to stay up and take care of them. You know what hmm. I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, they don't care if you're tired. You know what I mean? Like nobody cares, you know? Hmm. And so- I, but I care for those other people out there, those, those parents who are putting in that work that no one else sees. Man, that's, good. that's huge. That's huge. Glenn, I want to ask you this before I transition into the business front. You know, obviously there's a lot of changes. And, and by the way, I hope that as people are listening to this, they hear your dedication to your family first. Yeah. And then all of these wonderful things that come after it. I just wanted to say that and, and, and kind of, I guess, present you with some flowers here early on. But with some of these major changes happening on platforms, man, especially now, you know, I think the big thing right now is uh, paying to be verified. Give us some of your thoughts on that. Like, what what's your take on that? How how do you think that may impact creative entrepreneurs like yourself uh, moving forward with some of these new features and social media pretty much no longer being free to some extent? Man, um, you know, one thing is for me, like, like when I first started, I'm a black father, right? YouTuber, where the algorithm <laughs> to support black people in twenty in twenty fifteen. You know what I'm saying? Like they were like, 
black down the uh, you know what I'm saying? Like they ain't care nothing about what we're talking about. I blew up off of Reddit. Like Reddit was my first wow. viral. You know mm. what I'm saying? So um I don't care. It's none of my business. I have um a responsibility to steward what I have. And if I gotta pay ten dollars or whatever the fee is, I gotta cough it up because the the I know the value of my product. I know that if I can stay up in the algorithm, I'm going to be able to reach somebody that wouldn't see me that needs my message. You know what I'm saying? And so if it's going to cost $8, it's going to cost $8. Scare money don't make money. You know what I'm saying? We are right now in a, you know, a 5,000 square foot building where we are literally trying to push every single boundary we have. And I started my company off of broken iPhones. You know what I'm mm. saying? I wasn't even allowed straight up. This was my first, my first iPhone right here. You know what mm. I'm saying? The screen was cracked, but the camera worked. And that's how I ran with it. You know what I mean? So it's like all these algorithms, they're going to change. That's their business. That's what they can do. There's going to be other companies that come along that are like, hey, we'll do it for free because we want attention. And they're going to flip it on us again. But I am definitely inspired to reach my own people, you know, build up my email fan base and have events here, you know what I mean? And then start events and stuff like that, man. I've been talking to CJ like, hey man, I need to, I need to give me a conference or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, because mm -hmm. um, there's power in just connecting with your audience. And I think that's the real value. Um, I don't, I don't let anything else shake up, shake me up. You know what I'm saying? So charging for verification and all that stuff. Like, man, you can go ahead and get mad about it if you want to. But I remember when, um, in California, they were like, yeah, you got to pay for bags now. And yeah. they were like, you know, it's 10 cent for a bag. And I've seen a lot of people walking out, out of the stores with cans and chickens and all types of stuff in their hands. I'm like, yo, it's just 10 cent. Right. <laughs> pay the pay the 10 cents. 10 cent, man. And, and based on what you're going to get, possibly with a verification and community and just being up in the algorithm, it's going to be way, way more than the $8 or $11 you spend it for whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, That's good. You scared? Stay scared. You know what I'm saying? Just mm. move out because I'm I'm paying it. <laughs> I'm paying it. Let's go. Talk about I'm paying it. Talk about yeah. that. Um, okay, before th this would be a cool little transition to the business side. So five years ago, you one of your most popular videos, I think to this day is like 5.5 million views. Like Google Home annoys the kids. Okay. Yeah. Uh, was that intentional brand deal? Was that a, like, now we got this. I think this would be really dope to document and see what the kids would do. Um, talk to it because I was, I, I couldn't tell. I was like, it was super organic, but I was like, you are clearly placing some product right there. I don't know if that was bait. What was because it was five years ago, so I don't know. I don't know if your 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 brand deal game was strong back then too. So like, I want to know personally. So man, five years ago, it was like, it was like so crazy because Best Buy had like an influencer thing. Yeah, but they had it was like mostly bloggers, like mm. all typing, like write an article, get people to come to you. You know what I'm saying? And so I was one of the first people that like was the video guy. You know what I'm saying? It was like me, Andrew Edwards, and like one other person. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, 
my homie was like, talked him up. It was like, hey, like, get this guy on. He's growing. Da, da, da. And I think I had like, I had like 20,000 subscribers at the time. And they were like, all right, cool. We'll, we'll let you. And they was like, try it. they were sending me KitchenAids and laundry, like, you know, washer and dryer sets. They were sending me a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm not a tech guy. So I'm kind of like, here's the on button. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I ain't, <laughs> I ain't know what the heck was going on with the tech stuff, man. So when they, when they, when they sent me to Google Home, I'm really just trying to figure out something creative to do with the kids. And that's it just was organic. That's exactly what happened. So that was a brand deal for Best Buy in partnership with Google. And that video is still one of our biggest videos. I don't know why that video is so crazy, but people love that video. Did that okay, mm. I got a follow-up real quick, Moose. Did that did that actual video help you with integrating? products after that or you kind of already knew the the formula because how you do brand deals and I know most is going to get into it it doesn't feel like a brand deal it feels right. just like a regular video with the family just using it this then and third but back then was like you still figuring out the formula and that you saw oh this is this one's hitting we just gonna we just gonna rock it like this each time well, I, I knew that like it was really hard. It was like a reach is a reach, right? You could you could tell when somebody's trying too hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what happened a lot of times when you see people doing this brand stuff is that like they're talking about something they'll never talk about. You know what I mean? But if we're having an authentic experience with a brand or product, then it is what it is. You know what I mean? And sometimes it comes out good, sometimes it doesn't. But now we have a format and a process that is just it's perfect. You know what I'm saying? For us, you know, we don't work with people. We don't work with brands that don't fit within our demographic or that we don't align with. Um, and it's really that if I have a conversation with a brand and they like show up late to the meeting or reschedule a few times, I already know it's going to be hard getting my money. So sometimes I usually opt out early. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just am like, nah, I'm so sorry. We can't go this route. Well, what if we give you this? But what if, I'm so sorry. I already know you're going to make it harder for me to deal with my employees. And then it's going to make it harder for me to deal with you, right? I'm going to have an ick with the brand. And that's based on my experience with the agency. That's not even with the actual brand. You know what I'm saying? Because we're talking client, I mean, oh, I'm talking creator, agent, agent, brand, right? And so my agency is amazing. Shout out to Kensington Gray. They do amazing work. Um, but I, I, I don't. I don't like, um, I don't fold when it comes to brand stuff. Right. And it, like right now it's a slow season for everybody. Right. The recessions right. and you know what I'm saying? Like brands is kind of like, we're going to hold on and see how, how, how uh, dry y'all pockets getting, which y'all do it for later. You know what I mean? Right, right. But I, I know the value of my product and I think that we can turn over real money. You know what I'm saying? For the product, for the brands. Man, I want to, I want to talk monetization, but you brought, you brought up brand deals, negotiations and all that stuff. Uh, take take me through just the art of negotiating with brands. And I know now you have an agent, so I'm sure it's a little bit easier. But just in the beginning, talk about negotiation when navigating brand deals with something that is creative. Because I feel like that's probably the hardest thing to, to, to find a value of, right? It's something that I created. So I can say it's worth a gazillion dollars and you got to either believe it or not. You know, so talk about that a little bit, because I find that to be pretty interesting for creatives. Man, I'm going to tell you something, Moose, man. I'm not good at that, bro. But I'm going to tell wow. you why. I'm too emotional. Mm. 
it, mm. it ties too much to my diapers and the stuff I got to pay for for the house. So I remember this brand hit us up and they were like, yo, we'll pay you $900 for a video with this with this hair care product. And um, my homie LaGuardia was getting paid like 10 times that. You know mm. what I'm saying? So he was getting like nine grand off of it. I was getting 900. And because I didn't know that he was getting 900, mm-hmm. you know, put his business on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I didn't know he was getting nine grand. Mm-hmm. I just, I, man, we both doing the same thing. My video got like 3 million views on Facebook, and his video got like 250,000. So I'm emotional. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I hit my I hit my homie up. I was like, man, hey, hey, man, how much you get for that? Man? He was like, man, I usually like talk about numbers, but I got this. I was like, heartbroken. You know what oh, I'm saying? I can only imagine. Yeah. And this is at the time when I didn't even have a lot of like I wasn't making money, and my wife saw me just kind of like really working hard, and we were about to have our daughter, and she I didn't know, but like the following year she was gonna quit her job, like so we didn't mm-hmm. have much money coming in at all. So, and she was the breadwinner, math teacher, you know what I'm saying? Insurance, all that. We was Gucci, you know what I'm saying? And so once I found out how much my homie made and they came back and was like, hey, we want to work with you again. I was like, it's going to be (laughs) (laughs) $10,000. I love it. I love it. They were like, absolutely not. We can't go from 900 to 10,000. I was like, and I didn't want to put my man out. So I was just like, I won't do it for anything less than that. I did this and I'm emotional. I'm talking all this, you know what I'm saying? And then I never worked with that company again. And mm. worked for that company who had a bad experience with me, moved to other companies and it messed up my paper for the future. Oh. Wow. So me as a creative, knowing my best seat is not inside the brand deal situation. Keep me out of it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my creative part. I'm going to smile in front of the camera, deliver the message. The agency's going to handle it. Man, that's smart. That's so good. I, I'm sorry you had to learn it that way, but, but that's powerful, man. Wow. I learned yeah, a lot of progressives like that. Oh, wow. Um, okay, so you, you just said uh, the worst deal that somebody may have dealt with you, but um, can you name one of the worst without naming the names, because we don't want to ruin relationships, but the experience of one of your worst brand deals in the very beginning. In the very beginning. Or recently. I don't, listen, you could have gotten, you got gotten one recently said, yo, it's the worst ever. I just assume the, the worst is normally in the beginning where we do everything and we get nothing. Um... <clears throat> You know, I just had bad. It's it's not so much the brand as the agencies. Okay. You know, the agencies, what they do is they they get a, a lump sum of money and they say, hey, we're going to get a bunch of influencers for this brand and we're going to divvy out the money and try to get the lowest amount. And then they take what they don't spend. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they don't really, they value you, but they know that if you don't do it, somebody else will. You know what I'm saying? So I had a brand that I had worked with for multiple years and they had put us on a, um exclusivity for the year and I was supposed to be paid 
just for the one brand deal, I was supposed to be like 180, 180K, but it was like for the year, right? Mm. Now, that's not, it's good, but it's better because it was like the genre, the category where the exclusivity was, was so small. It wasn't like a lot of people were going to be fighting me to get in there. You know what I'm saying? Um, And so we had agreed to a price and all that stuff. Um, and they were like, hey, we want to do something for Black History Month. Can you knock it out? I was like, yeah, but let's do something for the year. They're like, okay, cool. Let's talk about it. So we talked about it. They didn't put out the video on Black History Month. Now, when you don't do that, they were like, hey, we're going to try to put it out on Father's Day. And I'm like, man, I didn't lost weight. I didn't, my wife's hair didn't change. The kids didn't da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not going to work. They were like, yeah, well, we'll do it for Juneteenth. They didn't put it out on Juneteenth. Hmm. They wanted to put it out Christmas. Wow. But they, and they ended up like, we ended up having so many, because they kept doing revisions the last minute. They wouldn't right. look at like three days before it was supposed to come out. And I was like, we can't turn around a revision that fast because we have other brands we're working with. And Father's Day is like the busiest time of the year for me. Like I have a, like a no travel from like um, May 20th all the way until like the week after Father's Day. None of my employees, we can't go nowhere. We stay in house. You know what I'm mm. saying? And so they they ended up kept doing this thing. They kept adding like these last last minute revisions and all this stuff. And then by the time <clears throat> I had got to the last part of it, I wasn't even like, this is a bad thing in my company. I use Final Cut Pro. Everybody else use uh, Premiere. I refuse to yeah. learn Final Cut Pro. Right. I mean, I refuse to learn Premiere. It just takes too long and I don't need to. Right. But I was doing all the files on Final Cut Pro and my Premiere guy took over all my brand stuff. You know what I'm saying? So he couldn't even do the edits. You know what I mean? Mm. And it was it was deep. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm having to take time that I shouldn't even be in an editing seat with with these. I pay somebody to do that. But I kept having to go back to the editing chair and it would take me hours to do it. You know what I'm saying? Um, because I'm trying to find files from a year ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so this is this is when we were less organized. So um, we ended up taking a $100,000 L because we didn't, we just chose not to, we just chose to disassociate ourselves from the company. Mm. Okay. So, so wait, because that triggered something in, and I'll add it later. But um, the fact that you were still editing some of the stuff triggered something. So naturally, you're a creator. Can you talk about the letting go process when it comes to business? Like um, the, the fact that for, for those people who didn't know, Final Cut and Adobe Premiere Pro are video editing softwares uh, on, on your computer, right? Neither one is better than the other. It's just a preference. But with all the stuff that you have going on and managing and running, do you do you still seek to like, yo, let me create, give me this pocket? Um, or is it like, let it go? So in in context, the battle between creator and CEO. Talk about that. Um, I learned a, a lot. I learned a lot of good lessons from a lot of great leaders. Um, mm-hmm. One of the people is John Maxwell, and he talks about the five letters, five stages of or levels of leadership. 
the final level is like when you can recreate yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think as someone who understands that a better seat for me would be having this conversation with you two. Yeah. There's a guy right now working on a brand deal. You know what I mean? If I wanted the brand deal to look the same way that, you know, like if I wanted to control it, it's really about letting go of control and trusting your team. Right. Mm -hmm. The hard part, though, is like people don't know how to train people. Mm -hmm. They don't like conflict. They don't like saying, hey, man, that sucks. You know what I'm saying? Or, hey, <laughs> it, I don't like it. But can you do it again? But can you add? The, I don't like that color gray. I, you know what I'm saying? What they do is say, oh, they didn't get it perfect. I'll do it myself. And they take the project away. You know what I'm saying? And so leaders have to be effective communicators. Right. Yeah. And I've had to let someone on. And when I realize I bring someone on, I have to spend a month or two training them to get them at like 50%. Once they're at 100%, I still need to add, you know, 20% because they can only do 80% of the job, right? When, we, when, we, when they capture footage, yeah. right, they go in and they call the footage. They cut all the, all the cam shaky camera you know what I'm saying? This was blurry, whatever. They cut all that out, um, you know, the unusable footage. Then someone else mm -hmm. cut down to a 15-minute and an eight and a five-minute format. And then I can look at it and say, um, I'm going to need a voice over here. I can do this. We'll do a talking head for this. You know what I mean? We'll add in this old footage here. And then that's how we make the final thing. I, it would be insane for me to believe that someone is going to take over editing altogether for me. I know that I'm still going to have to put 20% of it in. You know what I'm saying? Um, not the edit, just the process. Right. That right. Makes sense. I, I still can edit, but if you don't recognize that your best seat is building relationships and thinking of new ways to make income, you still want to be a grunt and edit. You know what I'm saying? That's all on you. You got to train your powerful. Otherwise, you're not even spending your money right. You waste mm -hmm. the money working for you that don't know what to do. That's real. That's I'm real. That up. I'm clipping. Yeah, <laughs> that's real. That's real. No, because you know why? I, I I always like to say that it makes no sense to pay somebody and then do the job you paid them for. You know, it's like you you paying double. You paying your money and your time <laughs> because you paid them, and then you circling back and doing the work for them. That's a that's a that's a tough one to swallow, man. But now I, I I I stay right there though because I actually want you to expand on you know, the monetization. Now you're talking really about scaling a business. You know, it starts off, say it as a hobby is something to do when there's nothing to do. It grows into a brand. Now it's a business, it's an entire company. There's a lot of different moving pieces to it. You mentioned things like SOPs and an editing process and a team and hiring, right? Talk about now the different branches of monetization at this level, just to show maximum scale. It grows from what it was to what it is now. How can those uh, aspiring to be in a similar seat really reach scale through different branches of monetization? Um, I really think it's about stewardship, taking hold of what you have, like enjoying the season when you are low in numbers. You know what I'm saying? Making that deep connection with your audience um, and then just being consistent. Your people don't want a perfect video. They just want to see you. Just like you just posted this, Nikki. Yeah. You just to the video like this and it was so dope and I reshared it and I was like dang man like this is so true 
it's like a relationship with somebody. They just want to spend time with you. You know what I mean? If you know post, they can't spend time with you. Even if it's mm-hmm. out of order or, you know, not exactly what you intended, it's better 80% out instead of 100% in your head. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I, my, my situation is, you know, Patreon, you know, members, AdSense, right? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, and then TikTok, but you know, they don't really pay that much. My, my biggest bag is, is from, um, from brand deals. You know what I'm saying? We have merch, we have e-courses and I do a lot of mentorship and consulting. So, um, I mentor a lot of, you know, creators who they can't figure out the difference between who they are and what they make. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they get frustrated by trying to be who becoming, who they're becoming now. And that doesn't make a, a whole bunch of money, but it should, cause I'm, I'm freaking killing it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, no, because people walk out and they're like, they, they didn't know who they were. Right. Right. And then they walk out with a better identity. Right. And so they, they end up being more consistent and not so emotional about their creative process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, good. yeah. You, so we're, we're tapping into the creator economy with this conversation. Um, and I like how you broke it down with with the Patreon and the AdSense. Uh, looking looking where the creator economy is going. Right. What is something that you see yourself kind of doubling down on? Like, you know, we, we've covered here where people don't look at merch. They look at it as like a fashion line. They don't look at it as a YouTube channel. They're now pitching it all to Netflix, Hulu and, and, and other things like that. Where do you see for yourself uh, going to further the creator economy? I think for me, the next scale is recreation of um, myself and other people, right? I think people want to know how to, you know, uh, they want to take a course that teaches them how to make family content, right? Yeah. Because it is that Instagrammable moment with your kids and everybody's, you know, all lotioned up, you know what I'm saying? Looking all clean, with the, you know, Easter outfit. Um, and so... They want to recreate that. And I think the value for me is going to be able to be educating and trying to give people what we didn't have. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one level. Um, and I think events obviously is going to be the, the, the biggest thing for us. Uh, and so, you know, right now, you know, we're working on a fatherhood conference, you know what I'm saying? Um, I can't mention anybody who's going to be in there yet, but uh, it's looking really good. You know what I mean? So, uh, we're working on that as well. Oh, and just not even for income, but just for connection. Um, on Earth Day, April 22nd, we are doing um, Walk for Earth Day event. It's a global event. And so anybody can walk on Earth Day. You just got to sign up at walkforearthday.com. But we want to create a community of people that uh, want to be connected to something outside of, you know, uh, just, you know, hey, church and work and all this other stuff. You know what I'm saying? I know people want to be connected to, to us in a specific way, but um, equipping fathers, giving hope to mothers and inspiring children, it has to be beyond just these videos. Like it has to be practical and we need to get in face to face with some people. Yeah, I love it, man. Glenn, listen, man, this has been a, a super dope conversation. It's uh, it's really cool to see just the different 
elements, the, the way you, you, your mind and the creative side and the business side. And you just saying like, Hey, uh, keep me out of that negotiation chair. I, I want, I want nothing to do with that part of it. Cause some people go, go get something out of this. So, uh, uh-huh. this has been super cool, man. I, I, I really find value in this conversation. You know, I like to all tell all our guests that we started this back in the pandemic, you know, the podcast, and it was really our way of uh, trying to acknowledge people and, and, and really highlight them and show love to them for all the work that they're doing. And so this is our way of showing appreciation to you and saying we appreciate all that you're doing, man, and, and, and keep up the phenomenal work. It's, it's definitely been a, an honor to, to, to see you in this light. Um, but I guess for my last question, man, um, what's the what's the thing that's, that's bringing you the most joy right now? Just like, you know, whatever in, in terms of with, with everything that's going on. How do you how do you still find pockets of time to just to just be you and enjoy life? You, the way we laid out this up. Well, first of all, thank you, man. That was uh, very awesome to hear. And I'm really proud of you guys, man. I've been watching since pretty much the beginning. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's just really cool to see y'all um, and everything you guys are doing. So um, really proud. Um, I, I would say that the thing that uh, gives me the most life uh, it's twofold because when you look at this this layout of this office space, it's laid out like my brain. You know, it's so like I have an equipment room and I have a team room where all the people are. Then I have a music studio where we produce and Dolby Atmos and have like this huge surround sound and like really pushing the boundaries there. My wife has an office. I have an office. You know what I'm saying? The dog's got a bed. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it, it's it's dope um, to have a space where I just get to move around and just create it's very flowing you know what i'm saying and the guys and the team they're really set up for success you know and they know that if they want you know so we just bought everybody the, the mac mini and two you know what i'm saying like everybody because they like my computer running slow i'm using my own computer it's like nah let's let's run that you know what i'm saying and like to be able to do that and pay salaries off of what i do man it's just a huge like it just makes me feel so great um and then Spending time with each child individually and my wife individually is like the new look for me, right? Because you was just kind of like, hey, family time, right? But if you get to know somebody and it's a group of people around, you get to know the group of people, but you don't get to know them individually. So uh, my goal every quarter is to, you know, go on like a extravagant date with each kid. You know what I'm saying? So um, my oldest son and I went to a, a hockey game. He loves hockey. He's a black hockey player, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here. <laughs> so yeah. um, we went to a paint. We went to a Pelican or whatever. It's, I don't know what it's called. We, the goals game. We went to the goals game in San Diego. Um, my second oldest, we're going to go to a movie premiere. You know what I'm saying? And I'm rollerblading with my daughter and spending time with my, my youngest. That has been, you know, one of the biggest things. My wife and I go on a weekly date night, but spending quality time with each child individually, each person in the family individually has been um, a big reward for me and giving me a lot of life because I've get, I've gotten to know them, know them differently. You know, so my oldest son is very competitive. You know what I'm saying? Like he plays hockey and will like, I, I'm not his father anymore. I'm, I'm like a, a competitive, you know what I'm saying? So he's talking about my mom, you know what I'm saying? Like he's insulting me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, why? But, um, but it's, it's dope, man. Cause I'm like, damn, man, this dude really got some dog in him. You know what I'm saying? Like he got that fight in him. And I didn't know that, you know. That's awesome. That's dope. Wow. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was important. It was important for us to get you on the podcast. Literally, uh, the first creator of the week, because I was like, we have to highlight him somehow, some way. 
and and show how he fits on the podcast so he can come on the podcast. So literally created a uh, creator of the week for you, like literally, because you represent authenticity. You yeah. represent the true culture of content creation. You represent for minorities. It's just so dope to see. So yeah, that we had to give you your flowers on that. I think my uh, last question is a podcast question. Uh, you and your wife have a podcast. That yeah. quality is so amazing too. Like everything you guys do, the quality is 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 great, right? Um, with everything that you have already, why the podcast on top of that? That that yeah. was that's my question. You know, when we were when I proposed to her and we had an engagement party, someone spoke over our lives and they said, your marriage is going to be a ministry that other people receive a blessing from. And we didn't really know what that meant until we started the podcast. And it was just like a moment where we just wanted a time to spend more time together and talk. And um, How Married Are You has been one of the greatest gifts because we have the conversations that people aren't supposed to hear, mm -hmm. you know, and the fly on the wall conversations that make no sense uh, to share it. It doesn't give any value to us. It only gives value to the listener. And the reason why we do it the way we do it is because we're trying to gain trust with an audience that will believe us when we tell them, hey, here's what you need to do in your marriage, because you already saw us go through a really low period. We've had some really hard times on that podcast. You know, uh, I was not seeing my wife. She was not seeing me. I was talking directly to her and I was speaking the correct language, but a different dialect. She didn't get it. You know what I mean? And so as we have discovered the power of communication and just realizing that there's going to be seasons, y'all don't understand each other. People now know that that's possible. Before it was kind of like, he doesn't get me. She doesn't get me. I'm out. Mm -hmm. Nah, work. You. The fact that you're willing to leave shows the fact that you won't have no work ethic. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, have good work ethic in your relationship. And that's what really what the podcast is about. And so How Married Are You is a, is a safe place for not just married people, but single people. Like, it's really for y'all because you get to see what's like what's possible in your relationship. I had no idea my wife was going to have to leave me for three weeks with no communication because she needed a deep work intensive. Mm -hmm. Somebody knows that now because my wife went through it and they saw me struggle through it. And while she was gone and I was depressed and I was stressing out, I called CJ and I'm like, man, my wife left me. She, she's gone and I and I have to have the kids by myself. And he told E.T. to call me. That was the first time we ever talked. And he encouraged mm -hmm. me. You know what I'm saying? So like, it is a trickle down effect. Each one teach one. If we're not willing to share the the most the hardest parts of our lives people won't think it's a breeze and that's just not right it's not fair so good wow. that's so good all right uh i always ask this question uh three books uh that has totally helped you uh in your brand and business journey three books okay um i'm going to say Deep Work by Cal Newport. Um, it's a book about deep work, uh, setting aside time to really get into the depth of the work and not doing shallow work. 
Um, the biggest life-changing book I think I've read uh, for me has been Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. Um, okay. it's, it was the question that sent me on the path of trying to figure out why my brand even existed. Um, and then one of the books that I, I really enjoyed that I read last year was, um, ah, dang it, it's by um, uh, the guy who owns uh, the CEO of Disney. Um, dang it, um, it's okay. is it the Disney book? The the uh, ink. Oh man, what was it? Uh, I can't remember it right now, but um, Bob Iger. Bob Iger has a book called, um, oh, it's so fire. Yeah, it's so fire. It's called uh, The Ride of a Lifetime. That book is fire. Uh, and the reason why it's fire is because you know how like you think you're going to get to a point where you're like, now I can chill, right? As a yeah. CEO, entrepreneur, or owner, it ain't never going to happen, right? And we watch my man get in the role as a CEO of Disney and he's having the best day of his life where they're opening the, the freaking new Disney world in China. You know what I'm saying? And he's like about to give a tour. Right. And then the same day a child gets eaten by an alligator in Florida. Mm. Wow. And I'm, this man can't catch a break. And I'm, I'm reading a book like, are you kidding me? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but he realized that, Sometimes it just don't stop in your process during your days, right? Waking up early, doing your meditation, whatever it is, your process, that becomes your safe place because work is going to give you the best days of your life and the worst days of your life. And family, you're going to have great, great days. You're going to have bad days, but you have to like have a system within yourself that, that keeps you at peace. You know what I'm saying? Bob Iger, man. And he's back at Disney, so I can't wait for the next book. But man, that that book is fire. Wow. Oh, I got I gotta check that out. I gotta Let's see. Oh, you will not just I gotta check that out. Um, so look, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh this was a great, great conversation. Um, me and Moose will probably debrief and say probably one up there. Uh so we just gotta figure out which one. So we're not going to say that probably now. We'll probably say that on the after show. Sorry, people. Um, please let the people know where they can find you. And normally we let Moose do the final words, but you're here. So the final words to, to the audience, any bars that you want to kind of leave them, but definitely tell them where they can find you because my mom probably didn't know who you were. We always say the two people who didn't know who you were, explain it. And it's one of them is always my mom. So where can they find you? And final words for our audience. Shout out to mom. So uh, you can find me uh, at beliefinfatherhood.com, B-E-L-E-A-F in fatherhood.com, B-E-L-E-A-F-M-E-L on Instagram, TikTok, and all that, uh, Belief Mel. Um, you can find me there. The YouTube is Belief in Fatherhood. Uh, but more importantly, right, um, I think that I want to let people know that, you know, f like fear is automatic. You know what I'm saying? And you will never find freedom unless you get on the other side of fear, right? I 
would do things that were important and scary. And then after I did it, I would, I wish that I did it without the fear involved because it, it, it taints the, the experience. And so I understand that some of you guys are scared to move forward. Um, you, you're scared to take that risk, right? But it is in your, your the best interest of your legacy in your future to do that. Do it scared, right? Um, and that way you can experience what, what you have for yourself on the other side, which is true freedom and understanding that the fear is only a small obstacle. That's my final thoughts.